Hey everyone, welcome to Health Addicts. Before we get started though, remember, this show is for entertainment purposes only, meaning I'm not your doctor. So if you have questions about the information and content on this show, ask your doctor, okay? Otherwise, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Wait, how many carbs am I really supposed to be eating? How much sleep do I actually need? Am I supposed to be even taking vitamins? Guess I better listen to The The Health Health Addict Show. All right, everyone, welcome back to the Health Addict Show. I'm your host, Tommy J, and I got another good episode for everyone here because what we are going to talk about is diabetes. So when I mean diabetes, though, we're going to talk about diabetes mellitus because there's another type, insipidus, and that's just more of a fluid imbalance and salt imbalance, and it causes excessive um, fluid imbalances in general. But the diabetes mellitus is the one we're more common with. This has to deal with the sugar regulations, and this is the one you hear more about TV and more common problem in America. Because the insipidus one isn't very common. There's other things that cause that versus diabetes mellitus has to deal directly with sugar levels in our body. And to even take a larger category and kind of compress it down, we're going to kind of talk just more about the type 2 diabetes mellitus. Because there is type 1 and type 2, but it's such a big category and there's so much stuff to cover. We're just going to talk about type 2 specifically. But just so I don't kind of go over it too much and too fast, just understand that type 1 is more early onset. You pretty much have this as a kid because your pancreas isn't working as well as it normally would be because it's not producing insulin. So from an early stage, type 1 is early onset. Children, you'll have it for the rest of your life. Where type 2, it's adult onset. It's something that happens later in life. And actually, the most popular time about having it is about 45 years of age. So guys, let's kind of just get into this. What is type 2 diabetes? Type 2 diabetes is an insulin-resistant type of diabetes. Insulin-dependent is type 1. Type 2 is insulin resistance. So basically to understand, type 2 diabetes is just a bad way your body doesn't understand how to metabolize sugar. And we use a hormone called insulin, and this tells our body's cells to uptake sugar. Because sugar isn't just something that readily passes through your cell's membrane. It's a big, big molecule for the most part. So it needs to go through a channel and it has to be allowed in. Security pretty much is telling them this guy's not allowed in without a card. And insulin is that card that allows them to get in. So for a regular person, insulin's released by the pancreas. The insulin is attached to the cell's receptor site and it tells the body to uptake that um, glucose and sugars so that our body can start using it for metabolism and create energy. So in type two diabetes, there's two things that can happen. One. Either the insulin isn't being received at the cells correctly and not allowing sugars to be metabolized by the cells. So this is where the insulin resistance parts come in. Or you just don't produce enough insulin. Your pancreas isn't producing enough insulin to fight off how much sugar is in your blood. So let's just say you had some ice cream. Typically, your body takes that sugar that comes from the ice cream and recognizes it really, really fast. So the pancreas starts releasing this insulin. The insulin attaches itself to the sites. Now your body will start trying to uptake it into the cells and create energy. But if it can't do that, one of the things your body will continue to do is create more insulin. It's trying to tell itself, we need to get rid of all this sugar because too much sugar in your body isn't good for you. And maybe the liver will also recognize it and try storing it itself too because excess sugar is stored in the liver to be used later for energy when we don't have an energy source to create energy with. But this can force those beta cells in that pancreas to overwork themselves completely 
because they only can produce so much insulin. The pancreas is going to work as hard as it can to help, but eventually it's going to give out. And this is where it becomes that people will likely need medication to help treat the spiking sugars they have from foods. It's so important to understand because this can be very dangerous for people. It's not good to have excess amount of sugars in your bloodstream. Now understand this too though, type 2 diabetes is definitely different than type 1. It takes a long time to get to this point. A lot of abuse has to happen to the body because overall our human body is very capable and resilient to the things that happen to it. It will fight as long as it can, but eventually it will overwork itself to the point where it can't work anymore. So it does take a long time to get to this point, but we are actually starting to see type 2 diabetes in children, especially obese children which is scary to think about that the diets are so poor that they're causing their pancreas to give out at a very young age. They have so much life left to live. But understand this too, not everyone's gonna get type two diabetes. It just has to depend on the person overall. I mean, there's certain genes that go along with it that scientists are starting to look at. Uh, people with metabolizing problems, they hold weight differently than other people. They'll, like, they'll hold the fatty more in the abdominal area. Those people are more likely to have it. Some people with liver problems already or having a fatty liver to begin with can have problems. Cause I mean, again, your liver is supposed to store these sugars and if it's not storing it and sometimes just continuously releasing sugars, this can create more problems for us in the future. But generally, once cells aren't communicating well and those beta cells in your pancreas aren't able to produce that insulin, that's when you're gonna start seeing some problems. So there's some big symptoms that come along with diabetes mellitus type two. And the first couple are excessive thirst, excessive hunger, and excessive urination. This has to do with how the sugar is being processed in our body and affecting our fluid statuses inside of it. So these are pretty big tall tale signs that come along with diabetes. And these fluid status changes and metabolizing issues can also lead to blurry vision, people can start to get cranky, they might even feel some numbness and tingling in their extremities. Um, they'll also start noticing that wounds aren't healing as fast just because of the dietary choices that they're making or just not enough product to help heal the wounds that are in their body. And this kind of goes along with too that you have a higher risk for infection, including yeast infection. Sorry, I probably shouldn't put so much emphasis on yeast, but <laughs> you gotta talk about it. This kind of stuff is important to understand. But definitely those first three, the polydipsia, the polyphagia, and the polyuria, the excessive drinking, eating, and urination, those three are very important telltale signs, especially if you're having weight loss with it. These could be the very early stages of diabetes and you should get your sugars checked. They might do an A1C, we'll talk about that more too, but they'll check your sugars and you should get overall your metabolites checked because this could be a leading to serious problems. And there's some other things that actually put you at risk other than just your dietary choices. One of the first things is, is just being over 45. If you're older than 45, you're already at greater risk for just having diabetes type two. Secondly, is actually having a family history of it. If you have a family history of having diabetes, it puts you at a much greater risk for having because it's in your genes already. So you've got to be looking out for those kind of things. Next is actually race. It is actually not that big of a difference, but it just seems to be that a lot more races, white is actually for some reason not one of them, but generally all the other ones are pretty at high risk for diabetes. But I don't think that Caucasians get away from it as much because you still see plenty of Caucasians with type 2 diabetes. The next one is big and it's being overweight. If you're overweight, 
especially if you have a sedentary lifestyle, you're not making great choices with your food choices, you're putting yourself at a very big risk because fat's being stored in the abdomen and especially around the liver. The liver's not going to be working as properly and storing those sugars as well. So it puts you at very high risk. So obesity is huge. Another one that might not sound as common, but it kind of is something to really think about is pre-diabetes. So if your sugars are high, higher than normal, because it should be about 70 to 110 is usually where most people run. If they're higher than that, then generally need to be watching your sugars a little bit more. Because if you're having high sugars before having the other symptoms of diabetes, you're putting yourself at risk for actually contracting diabetes type 2 later in life or sooner than rather than later. So it's a good idea to keep track of your sugars and try to keep those levels within normal ranges, especially with dietary choices. Another one to think about is gestational diabetes. So if a mother's carrying a baby and she actually gets diabetes during the pregnancy and has a baby and they get up to nine pounds or over, they're putting themselves actually a higher risk for actually having diabetes after the pregnancy. So it's just something to keep an eye for. Sometimes you can't control that kind of thing, but it's a good idea to watch it and just and understand your risk factor for it. And then there's also other things like smoking. Um, if you have too much stress in your life or you're not sleeping very good, these things that just inhibit our body and how they work are not good things to have. So if you can avoid such things like that, you're definitely going to help yourself out. Um, depression's another one. But things that just generally lower our entire metabolism and put more stress on our body are not things that are conducive to health. So just to kind of keep those in our minds and think about it. Now, there's some tests they can do to check for diabetes, and one's an A1C. Now, A1C is more with hemoglobin A1C itself. It's a glycated hemoglobin that they measure, and this test tells you how your glucose levels are for two to three months. It's a very spectacular test, and it tells us how well your body's managing its glucose levels. So this is a great way to check and see if your body is able to handle the excess glucose that happens in your body. So the next test they'll do is a fasting plasma glucose. And this pretty much just checks your own body's glucose levels after a fast. Eight hours pretty much is the normal typical one. And they don't want you to eat or drink during this. And this will just tell the doctors what your normal blood glucose levels are without food kind of changing and skewing the results. Because whether you had a big meal before and it just isn't correct, this will just give us an idea what your body's naturally doing without food and byproducts coming in. And then another great test they can do is an oral glucose tolerance test. And it doesn't always have to be oral. But pretty much what they do is they'll check your sugar before. They'll have you drink something very sweet and full of sugar. And then they'll check it two hours later. And what this idea is, is your body should be able to start breaking down those sugars over that time. I mean, that's a long time. Sugars are broken down really fast if it's allowed into the cells. So the idea is your sugar levels shouldn't spike and stay spiked after that much time. So it's a great test to do also in conjunction with the other two. And this is very important because you need to get your glucose levels down to normal ranges. I think I actually said 70 to 110. It's more like 80 to 100. It's like a normal good range. But typically people are anywhere from 70, 110. Even after a meal, you might be as high as 120 and 140. But typically you don't want your glucose levels high because it can have a lot of problems on your body. So some of the complications that you can have are um, heart disease and stroke. Those are kind of the first two ones that are super important to understand because you put yourself at a five times greater risk of heart disease or stroke just for being diabetic. And this has to do a lot with the atherosclerosis that you have inside your vessels. 
And the atherosclerosis is actually plaque buildup inside the vessels. So you have a lot of triglycerides and fats that end up building inside the vessels because they're all inflamed from all this excess sugars and everything else that's going inside these vessels. And the plaque starts building up and up and up. And this causes pressures to increase. It can form a clot. It just depends on some for people. But overall, it's a very dangerous situation to be in. So this puts you at a very high risk for heart disease and stroke. And neither of those are very good for you. But this atherosclerosis isn't just about heart disease and stroke. It's also about other organs in your body too, just like your kidneys. And we're talking about all this hardening and plaque buildup. And we're also talking about vasculature that happens inside the kidneys with fluid shifts and metabolite shifts. So your kidneys will also take a hit if they don't have the right amount of nutrients and blood flow that they should have. And your kidneys are super important. I'm telling you, you're talking about something that filters your blood super, super efficiently. And you need that filter. A lot of nerve pain is also related to diabetes because you have this wasting away of nutrients that come with nerves and then eventually they don't work as well. And they have that numbness and tingling. And this also affects the nerves in your brain too. Your brain's one big nerve. You're talking about something, a huge neurological system that runs on sugar. And if you're diabetic, it's not going to function as well. So gotta be careful you can very well damage the nerves in your body and this is also why hearing and vision is also related to diabetes because you can actually start having problems with those as well sleep is another one because generally people that are diabetic type 2 they're overweight and then you can start having something called sleep apnea and this can cause a lot of problems when you're obstructing in your sleep and again now you're putting even more stress on your heart and putting your higher self risk of a heart attack or stroke so got to understand it can affect your sleep as well too we kind of talked about skin already but you got to understand this too if your skin isn't healing you have an open barrier to the rest of the world meaning infection an opportunist virus bacteria can get through that and get you even more sick than you already are so because your wounds don't heal as well with being diabetic it definitely puts you at a higher risk of infection and last but not least, pregnancy is very dangerous with diabetes. I mean, you put yourself at a higher risk for a stillborn or a miscarriage just because of the way this body's metabolizing. So you need to understand that diabetes can be very detrimental to both the mother and the baby as well. So is there treatment for type 2 diabetes? Yes, there is. There's many things you can do. And definitely there is medication for it. So we have a lot of artificial insulins that we can give and help regulate your blood sugar. But the biggest thing is a healthy diet and exercise will eventually actually help your diabetes tremendously. Because if you're watching what you're eating and you're exercising regularly, your blood sugar levels are going to be lower and you won't require as much insulin. But the big thing is, is just watching and monitoring your sugars. You're going to actually have to poke yourself for the most part and check your blood sugars. There's other technology coming out with saliva they're looking at and things are using less and less blood. But you are going to have to check your sugar levels very frequently and see where you're at. Because if you are already high and you eat some meal that has a ton of sugar in it and it spikes you, you're putting yourself at a very, very dangerous spot. So diet exercise there's some medications that help regulate your diabetes and then there's artificial insulins that can help but watching your sugar is definitely a big thing now there is one other disease process that's part of type 2 diabetes i want to talk about and it's called hyperglycemic hyperosmolar non-ketotic syndrome now this is kind of related to type 1 because they have something called dka which is diabetic ketoacidosis it's high increase in ketones because your body doesn't have the sugar it's supposed to be having but in this hhns 
what's happening is you're having super high sugars. I mean, crazy amounts. Over 600 is the level for this usually. And it causes people to get really confused. Your fluids are all over the place during this as well. And what I mean by your fluids are all over the place, I mean more dehydrated than anything. You usually have excessive urination that comes with the HHNS. So your body's fluids are all over the place because of this. The big thing I wanna get into though, cause I can keep going on to this more and more every time. But the point is though, People that do have this HHNS are really confused. They're sometimes uptunded. They're breathing really fast because they're trying to keep up with this big anion gap that they have in their blood that's making them very acidotic. So their breathing is irregular. It could put them almost in a coma-like state. So without monitoring your sugars, especially in a type two diabetic, it can put you in this state really, really fast. And it's very dangerous. So something to think about that can happen to someone and it's very hard to see when it comes into the er or people that are on the floors and general care that aren't eating right because they want to eat whatever the heck they want to eat it's very important to understand if your sugars aren't regulated you can get to this point very very fast all right guys hopefully i didn't talk your ear off too much about this but that is diabetes type 2. if you have more questions or concerns about it i mean there's so much still to even cover on it i just want to give you the biggest overview i could you're more than welcome to hit me up on social media, whether it's Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, Twitter, LinkedIn. Hit me on all of them, on all of them, okay, guys? I'd love to hear from you. Take it easy, stay addicted to your health, and I will see you next time.